nothing of Andrew. I need a little bit, little bit of him. Thank you. Um, and then just a little bit of piano. So start a little bit, little bit more up little tempo faster. in the beginning. Is that about? picking up in the middle. Do you want to come into it from the verse or just go from the bridge? Yeah, let's go chorus. Verse 2. Jesus, you're my hope and 
Ian, just give me a touch more of piano. Uh, AJ's about right, but just a touch more of piano. Could we turn the vocals down in monitor two? And I, they just got really loud during that song. <laughs> yeah, there was actually a point where it got kind of loud. But I don't know if that was just they were. Um, on the new song, just uh, if you guys stay on melody on the new song, because on these new songs, I've noticed that people struggle with, they don't know where the melody is. Okay. So if you guys don't harmonize on that first song, Yeah. This is like this is a, the reason it's it's like a good Christmas song is because I don't think it's one that we're you know it's not going to be yeah. one that we introduce and sing all the time because it's not really a congregational. Yeah, it's kind of a solo. Well, it can <laughs> yeah. be like I think a congregation will love the words, but I don't think it's one that we'll be able to sustain. Yeah. Regular yeah. Yeah. I think I will. I think I'll say that at kind of the end as I'm coming back through the Although, piano. Although, don't tell them to sit. So last week I was like, stay, you may stay seated through this next song. And then I just saw people like stand up anyway. And I was like, all right. Let's okay. Stand. <laughs> In the middle of the song, I was like, you've got like three people standing. Everybody stand up. All right. This is my first time for when I think about the Lord. So uh, guys, just kind of start this and I'll come in. Did you do an intro to this? I don't I just remember. played through the whole verse. Well, like the whole first half of the verse. about tempo please Let's just start, guys start singing and I'll just...
I don't know about Groovy or Andrew, will you play it really quick? Will you play it really quick? Because usually you do a good job of like. The other thing is too is if Andrew is playing, when he picks plays the chords, if Andrew is playing like, um, like that solo I mean, over the top of it, it's actually still ends up a, sounding more groovy. So that might be what we feel like we're missing. It's the same thing. <laughs> oh, so you're saying it sounds groovy to the audience. solo things over the top of Andrew Galicki because I think the other thing that we're feeling is like two rhythm instruments is making it very rhythm yeah rhythm heavy between drums and then well I think we also Andrew why don't Galicky, you we we'll just have to decide if we're going to swing it or if we're going to play that? it straight we have to decide if we're going to swing it or play it straight I don't I know kind of I was both. just trying to hear what he's trying to do <laughs> I'd actually like to hear him play his rhythm part through most of this, and I'll lay back and see. Because I, I was trying to hear what he was trying to do. Boy, takes me on 
Next one, I said, sorry, I said just drums and voices. Oh, just drums and voices. Uh huh. Okay. So we're gonna, are we doing the whole song twice and then the chorus repeat one last time? Okay. Yeah. Does that feel better? Question mark. Uh, it didn't feel any better to me. No. <laughs> okay. I've, I, I just felt like we were just struggling to, yeah. I, I, I was struggling anyway okay. to find the. Then what did you play the first time? I don't remember. I played kind of the same thing. I, we just had more Andrew. More Andrew. Okay. Yeah. I just swung it a little bit, yeah. but yeah, I, I liked that. I liked the way you did it. The that was the little. Um, I just don't want to overpower what he's doing. Well, if you overpower, then he can go lower. I think that's what I was doing. back down and go
solos behind it like that. So you're going like, all of the glory. We almost got all of the uh, and then you guys take the vocal right there. So we, I think that's almost what you do there. Could I get less piano and monitor too? the end of is that quiet enough okay um, Kate that's the last part is that your that's your assurance and everything there at the end for he will freely pardon him I guess okay I don't know I haven't read through it yet I thought it was on the call to worship so I actually got I'm sorry seek the Lord where he may be found call on him while he is near I'll just do it. People of God, please stand and hear these words of assurance of pardon from Isaiah 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. Let him to our let him turn to our God for he will freely pardon him. I should fix that before I accidentally say let him to our God. Let him turn to our God, for he will freely pardon him. Keep, keep, keep going. The, do that whole seek the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. Let him turn to our God, for he will freely pardon him.
We've got to have a, a clue when we're going into that, okay? So one of you guys should give that to, to us, right? And then we'll just go, and all of the honor. And you'll take it, we'll hold, we'll do a stop chord, and you'll start singing. So. Okay, so. And all of the honor, and all of the I had no count. I just kept following you guys. Okay, so I just need to give you a look. Just let's just yeah, just give me the look. <laughs> What's the look? Like? <laughs> just <Now>. yeah. <laughs> and okay. what, like as we're going at that last chorus, just make sure he sees it, and you know, and we'll just yeah, just give me that. So we'll go. All of the. Can we do the whole, and could we do one where it's just drums and voices? Yeah. Um, like, can we play through the whole chorus? Let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about order then. So we're, we're really on that last chorus. So where is the drums and voices? About how many times in? So the first one? Verse, chorus. Yep. And then verse, chorus. Oh, correct. Yeah. And when we're going into the verse, we don't say that. Otherwise, it leads, the, it makes me want to shout leads into the chorus. So if we sing it, we'll go to the wrong part. Okay, so let's talk about times through the chorus. Okay, so verse, chorus. Yeah, verse, we've chorus. done that. We've done that first one. We've done verse one and two in yes, chorus. And then Uh, like num right after the the first time we do it after the second verse. Let me see what you're writing. Well, I just did one, three, and two, four. Mm -hmm, so it'd be on the first part of five. This so right there mm -hmm. on five. Five drums only. And then a big full one. And then I'm guessing a 
unless we have so much heat we have to do another one that we'll call it right after that. So we'll play this one full and big and then I'll call That's it as the last one. So that first chorus repeat after the second verse is you. I'll point at you. I'll point at you. Now it'll be you to keep you from the point then. <laughs> Sorry, I'm playing. <laughs> that's that's what the black churches do. So, I can switch back and forth. The chorus. Can we practice the chorus? Repeat like all the choruses at the end. Yeah. It makes me wanna shout, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus, Lord. to D or do you want to stand there? Makes me want just fine. Just fine. For that. Cool. Alright. Uh, let's do that one for the postlude. And you guys can, I think you should sing for the postlude. Sweet. What the heck? I mean... Song. 
Alone. I lost monitors. Now I've got it. Fullness of God in Now I've got too much. Now I've got too much. So we're going we're gonna to do for Prelude, let's be back here and do Light of the World for Prelude, okay? Um, so we probably ought to start doing Prelude at about 8 after or somewhere around there. Yeah, let's just do a, we, let's don't go all the way to the full voice choruses. I mean, even if we just go to... Yeah, let's just play through it and see how it goes. Yeah, so it dropped out. And then when it came back, I like had way too much of him and no vocals, but I don't know if that was because they weren't really singing or...
Yeah, I'm trying not to have the dueling monitors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good because all the all the second pages build and bigger and. AJ, why don't you start us out on this one? Yeah, it's like we're doing prelude, so.
could end with. The world waits for a miracle, but heart longs for a little bit of hope. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Sarah, I think you're first there. So if you're ready, that would be really cool if right when they end, you know, you're just coming right up. It's Mark. Um, no, no, preparation yeah, for worship. That We'll do that right before. We're going to do that as, as a prelude. This, we just did the prelude version of this. That's one. the prelude version. It's kind of subtle. And Sarah, if you can come up and do that prep for worship. So Sarah will come up right after that. We'll go straight into that. And then I'll do the lighting, and then I'll say we're going we're gonna to sing this song, The Light of the World, that we sang for you in the beginning. Enjoy this. It's a, it's a new song. Join us. Sing if you can. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. for a miracle the heart longs for a little bit of hope oh come oh come Emmanuel child prays for peace on earth and he's calling out from a sea of hurt oh come oh come Emmanuel can you hear the angels singing glory to the light of the world? Glory, the light of the world is here. The drought with the tears of a mother a baby's cry is the sound of love come down come down
John, uh, John 1 right there. Hey, Sarah. There's one extra glory to the light of the world on that other slide, if you go back one. Uh, the one that says, the one that you had, the behold your king, there's one more on there. One more glory to the light of the world and then behold your king. Do you want to do when I think about the Lord all the way through? People of God, please stand and hear these words of assurance from Isaiah chapter 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. Let him turn to our God for he will freely pardon him. Amen. start that a little bit later. Uh, give me one second. Do that, do that again, and I'll start that. Uh, well, I thought I started too early, to tell you the truth. I was feeling it. I was like, yes, God's word. <laughs> All right. Go, um, people, just start from people of God. People of God, please stand and hear these words of assurance of pardon from Isaiah chapter 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. Let him turn to our God for he will freely pardon him.
points in there we had clashing rhythms so um, Ben and I were clashing with you guys so let's just listen especially in those choruses we can get a little carried away so we well I'll just try to lay if I hear that happening okay I'll um, I'll just lay back into a little more steady rhythm if it gets out of hand there's a couple of points it was getting kind of out of hand that Mars is back. I'll give you a little more during the chorus. I'm not, I'm not still, I didn't quite hear where he's on drums only. It sounded like we went to it and we... Okay. Yeah. And then I tried to lay out another time and it didn't quite sound right either. <laughs> so we'll just kind of go with it. Yeah, we'll go with it. We'll just roll. We'll just roll. <laughs> uh, I think we're good. I think my son still wants breakfast. I'm sure he does. So we're going to run quick. I don't know. I'll see how he's doing. If I can stall him a little bit. Do you want the lighter, do you want it like over here or, or do you want him to have it? We got lighters everywhere, yeah. It's wider, yeah. Okay, so which one do you want him to use? Are they both? The blue one or the red one? Okay, do you want me to just put it back here, or do you want... Yeah. So I'll just have him... Over here? Yeah, put it right there. Is that the... Uh, do you have it printed out, what we're saying there? Uh, or I'll just bring it up with me. I'll just have it with me. 
meet at that in prayers of the people. Okay. grab my Sam's got my iPad sorry I just threw my stuff all over here where Sam and I are gonna that'll work good morning Lanny how are you Mess with the microphone.
child prays for peace on earth and she's calling out from the sea of hurt oh come oh come with the tears of a mother a baby's cry is the sound of love come down come down Emmanuel he is the song good morning and welcome everyone I'm so glad to see you I hope you had a good time of Thanksgiving this past week. I'd like to extend a bit of thanks of myself, of, um, from the staff. We have some really industrious people who transform our sanctuary. Um, each movement uh, for Advent, um, for Thanksgiving. So Dave McKendry and Michelle, and they are not one who want to be noticed, but I think it's good as a, a congregation to give thanks. And so thank you to Dave Dawson and the McKendrys for, for transforming our space here and helping us worship our Lord. And then also um, our other industrious people are the people who uh, teach our children. Um, Lynette spent hours yesterday putting together projects for our kids so that they can celebrate Advent and anticipate the, the coming of our Lord. And candy. So, <laughs> candy's coming. Um, so we're just really, really thankful for the effort of God's people and just serving each other. Um, so thank you. Um... Let's see, I apologize, the stream did not work last week. It is our goal to have the stream working, so it is up and running today. So we'll hopefully um, smooth out the technical difficulties, but I just wanted to let you know it is our, our goal to do that. And before we move on, we have an announcement from one of our deacons. So uh, we are, we don't have an extra mic, because that came. In our family here at New Life, we have two ladies who've grown up here, um, Lauren McGee and Emmy Luker, who are involved and have been involved um, bringing light into the darkness, which is a theme for our Advent, with their involvement with Dressember, which is now a foundation, but it's a movement, also a way to raise money for trafficking um, victims of human slavery. And we will be hearing from them. I know we're going to be hearing from Lauren next Sunday because she interned with Sarah's Hope here in Colorado. 
And we deacons would really like to support them and also offer you the opportunity to support them. Starting next week, we'll have some envelopes back there if people feel like they'd like to participate in bringing this type of light into a very dark, dark area that's so disturbing that is so prevalent and goes on worldwide. Um, so we'll have envelopes back there and we deacons will also use some money from our deacon fund to support them. And um, I think that's it. And you can learn more. I'm sure you're gonna learn more from the girls, the young women. And um, there's also some sites that we could send you to to learn about, um, oh, the International Justice um, Mission, IJM, they've been here before, and Dress Amber is very involved with them and giving the money to the International Justice Mission. And then one more announcement before we move into our service. Um, we got word this morning that Sal Salas was brought to the hospital. He's been battling COVID and had difficulty breathing. We will be praying for him later in the service, but I ask that even now um, you may be lifting him up in prayer. And so our theme for uh, this Advent, Light in the Darkness, um, the guiding hope of God's promises is really poignant, especially in the light of Sal going to the hospital. We, we need to recognize the promises of God and recognize that he is with us. And so throughout the service, we'll be reading about God's promises, um, past, present, and future. And this is the, a way that we can focus on God's light in these uncertain times. I don't know about you guys, but Advent caught up on me quickly. Although it seems like 2020 has been a year that's been about five years long, it's here. And praise God that Advent is here. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He is our guiding hope. We'll begin our time of worship by lighting this candle as a sign of the coming light of Christ. As Samuel comes forward to light our first Advent candle, hear God's word from Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. Amen? Amen. We're going to sing a song for you guys. It's a little bit new. And um, our choir here does a great job singing. It is actually called Light of the World, but I encourage you to stand with us. And even though you may not know the words, enjoy this calling to Advent of, of Emmanuel coming to be with us. world waits for a miracle the heart longs for a little bit of hope oh come oh come Emmanuel 
child prays for peace on earth and she's calling out from the sea of hope oh come oh come
Join me for the reading of the word from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, yet his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word became flesh and came to live with us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, we sometimes stand for songs, and we sometimes sit. This next song is, Lord, I Need You. And boy, this one seems like it's a stand-sit song. And for the first part of this song, I encourage you to bring this to the Lord. Lord, I come. I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Thank you. 
now time for our children to be dismissed for kingdom kids. So may God bless your time together and give you ears to hear his word and a heart full of joy as you learn about him. If you will please join me in our prayer of confession this morning. O promised Christ, our hope, our guiding light. We are a world without your peace. We are a sinful people, full of good intentions, but failing to carry them out. Please forgive our failures. In the quiet of this moment, we confess our sins to you. Lord Jesus, we need you. Every hour, we need you. Jesus, word made flesh, we wait for your grace that will bring us your pardon and give us your peace. Even so come, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. People of God, please stand and hear these words of assurance of pardon from Isaiah chapter 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. Let him turn to our God for he will freely pardon him. Amen.
be seated. I've been thinking about fishing. And um, especially as we come to the Lord today for prayers of the people, there's two ways to fish. There's one where you throw a bobber out and you wait. Not my favorite. Mark introduced me to another kind of fishing. That's one where you're always doing something. Why am I talking to you about fishing? Because the word casting came to me. In fly fishing, you cast all the time. Peter says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties or cares on him, because he cares for you. So God has called us right now in prayers of the people to cast. And it's not bobber fishing. It's keep casting. Keep throwing them back at him. Keep casting your cares on him. So before I pray, take some time for you to cast your cares on him. Dear God, we come to you today bringing all of our cares, all of our anxieties, and we've got a ton of them. But God, we also want to thank you. So thank you, Lord, how you provided for us, for this little congregation in your corner of your kingdom how you provided for and you gifted us for specific ministry that you've called us to. At the same time, Lord, we are in a time of transition. And we pray for this fellowship, this group of believers, Lord, that you will bind us together, that you will help us fellowship and know each other deeply and know you more deeply, Lord. I thank you, God. We thank you for providing leadership for our church. Both those in office and those out of office. Thank you for Terry as he's coming to bring the word to us today. Lord, bless him. Thank you, Lord, also for a negative COVID test for Lynette. After she'd had an exposure, we thank you, God, that you provided for her and you kept her free from COVID at this time. Lord, we've got a, a number of individuals that are suffering with health concerns. There are a number of people who've been exposed to or are recovering from COVID. For Kathy and Sal, Kathy coming home, but, but Sal going to the hospital, Lord, 
just be with Sal and give him your peace and comfort right now in that hospital, that you will help him breathe, you will heal his body, Lord, that you will bring your ministration to him right where he is. Lord, you can reach him even when the doctors can't. Pray for Vern McGee's mom. Pray that you'll be with her as she struggled with this as well. And for our dear friends, Rod and Shelby. Oh, Lord, be with them right now today if they're watching online. Rod and Shelby, we pray God's, God's blessing on you and your, your healing. Lord, the illnesses just um, seem to continue to come to us. And for Galen, Donna's sister with Parkinson's and bladder cancer, Lord, oh God, be with her and, and give her comfort and strength and, and healing during this time. We're going to lose a member of, uh, of some members of this body, Lord, and we're, we're going to lose them temporarily only. But Tom and Judy are going to move to Oregon. We pray your blessings on it. They, they had an offer on their house, Lord, and they're beginning to make that transition to Oregon. Pray that you'll be with them through this entire move and strengthen them. Some of us, Lord, have family members who need your saving mercy. They need your grace and they need to find salvation, hope in you where there is none other. We pray for those family members right now, Lord, that are far from, from you and who need the gospel to reach in and enlighten the corners of their of their life and their world. You know who they are, Lord. For our entire community that are struggling with the realities of this pandemic, teachers, students, our healthcare workers, our small businesses. I, I think, Lord, of the people today who probably just this last week found out that the business they work for can't keep operating. Oh, give them, give them hope, Lord. Help us meet needs during this time. And last, but certainly not least, Lord, for the vulnerable among us, those who are most susceptible to this infection and to the worst effects of it, Lord, I pray that you will put a hedge of protection around them. Thank you, Lord, for all the many blessings you've given us. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And most of all, Lord, that when we need you, you're always there, even when we think we don't. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Terry. Great to see you all. It's great to see some college kids home. And uh, uh, it's just good to see all of you guys, first of all, because Kay and I have been staying at home a lot. We've been, uh, you know, 
laying low and, and trying to hide from COVID. But uh, as Mark said at the beginning of this, uh, I remember back in March, he said, well, probably most of us will get it at some time or another. So hopefully the vaccine will get here before uh, we lose too many more people. Uh, but it's, a, it's certainly a time that I never thought that I would see in my life. And uh, with the upheaval going on, the elections, the uh, pandemic, the racial unrest and all that but we know we have a god who makes promises and keeps his promises to us and that's what we want to talk about today um, today is the first sunday in advent and we will be focusing on a central theme during advent um, that theme is light in the darkness the guiding hope of god's promises and it will be very interesting to see how this all plays out. And we have several different preachers bringing uh, the message, but see how God puts it all together. And he, do, he always does. So for our scripture reading this morning, we're going to be looking at uh, the book of Acts, uh, chapter 13, verse 16 through 33. Now, I love how the book of Acts is told. It's one of my favorite books because I love history. And I love uh, how Luke uh, just weaves this whole story together. He makes it very interesting. just like reading a novel, really. And as you listen or read along with me, in this short section, you'll notice that Luke gives us this comprehensive story of Israel from basically their stay in Egypt until the time of Jesus' uh, crucifixion. And resurrection and we have a uh, map up here and I'm bitterly disappointed because I went to dollar store and paid a dollar for this laser light and it does not work on our screen so I remember Adrian told me that once I wanted to feel like a school teacher showing you people everything but I need a long pointer <clears throat> but if you see we're going to talk about Paul's first missionary journey today and what happened on that and he started out up there on the right side there at Antioch there was a um, the, the church there the council got together and the Holy Spirit told them to set apart Paul and Barnabas and John Mark who is Barnabas's nephew uh, to go on this mission so they were basically commissioned at the church in Antioch I'm going to use my pointer anyway, even though I can't see it. And so they left Antioch, went down to Seleucia, which is right on the coast of the Mediterranean. And from Seleucia, they traveled over to the island of Cyprus. And their first stop was in Salamis. And they went into the synagogue there, and um, Paul preached. And then they went overland uh, to Paphos on the west side there of uh, Cyprus. And there's a very interesting story, and you can read all this in chapter 13 in the first 13 verses. But um, there was a proconsul, a Roman proconsul there, and he was very interested in the gospel and the message. So he, he called for Paul to come uh, speak to him. 
And so Paul did, but uh, in between this proconsul and Paul was this um, sorcerer. And he um, was trying to dissuade the, uh, the word. He was trying to uh, nullify God's message. So Paul temporarily cast blindness on this fellow. And because of that, the proconsul came to believe. So we don't know that that's the first believer that Paul, that was led to conversion on Paul's journey, but first one that's mentioned anyway. Then they leave uh, Paphos and set sail again, and they go up to Perga. And at Perga, John Mark, uh, for reasons the Bible doesn't tell us, went back to Jerusalem. He left them, he goes back to Jerusalem. And so then Paul and Barnabas head on up and go up in, uh, north into Antioch, another Antioch, they left from Antioch, but another Antioch in a whole different country. And they were uh, welcomed in the synagogue there. And so that's basically where our scripture uh, begins that we want to read this morning. And so again, it's uh, Acts chapter 13, and we start at verse 16. Hear the word of the Lord. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers he made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. He, endu he endured their conduct for about 40 years in the desert. He overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not that one. No, but he is coming after me, whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Brothers, children of Abraham, and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Israel and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. Yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. 
And for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news, what God promised our fathers, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus, as as it is written in the second Psalm, you are my son, today I have become your father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Father, uh, for your word. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, through the words of my mouth, you would bring a message to your people today. Father, we need to know about your promises. We need to know how to trust them. And we just ask, Lord, that your word be heard this morning. And anything I say that is not of you, that you would wipe it from people's minds. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Well, did you catch... um, The part about God's promises, I tried to emphasize it as I was reading, but I can't imagine two more important promises of God in the whole Bible. Because in verse 23, there's a promise of God to bring Israel a savior, to make the savior of mankind come to earth, which is what we're celebrating with Advent, Uh, Jesus's uh, journey to the to earth to be with us and in verse 32 to 34 God's promise to raise Jesus from the dead so these are two extremely important promises our whole what we believe is based on on that on Jesus being crucified and being raised from the dead well these two great these are two great promises Jesus first coming into the world and then Jesus dying as a sacrifice for us and being raised from the dead to new life and then transferring that new life to us. And hope is not specifically mentioned in this text, but it's important that we spend some time on it. And here's the reason. What good is a promise if we don't have hope that it will be fulfilled? And think about the many people you've known in your life who have said to you i promise i promise i will pay you next week i promise to never do that again well do we put the same amount of faith in those statements no matter who is making them no of course not your experience with that person your knowledge about their integrity about their honesty all of those things go into our decision whether we will accept that promise or not or at least it should and in a promissory note the borrower promises to repay the lender under stated conditions and a promise is given but there can be no guarantee that the lender will ever receive his money because the borrower, maybe he cannot, or maybe he just will not pay it back. Well, that's why we need to talk about hope. What is our hope that a promise will be fulfilled? How many times have you heard the phrase, we can hope in the promises of God? 
Well, let's spend some time now to examine the word hope and what it really means. So if you look in uh, Merriam-Webster Dictionary, you'll find this definition. To cherish a desire with anticipation. To want something to happen or be true. But that sounds like kind of a hopeless definition of hope, if you ask me. When we hope for something, wouldn't it be nice if it was more than just wanting something to happen or be true? When we say hope, I think most of the time we speak it with some uncertainty. We can say we hope in God's promises, but generally what we mean is, I sure hope or I wish God will bring this about. I think we doubt our hope a lot of the time. And the fact that we, it's just human nature to default to the negative when we're wondering about the future, this doesn't bode well for our hopefulness. And I think sometimes we consider hope as something we will ourselves into. And I, you've heard this a lot. Heard it said, well, don't give up on hope or keep your hopes up. Like it's our will. Like if we just have enough willpower, we can, our hopes will come true. But biblical hope doesn't have anything to do with our own will or wishing or wanting something to happen. You see, faith and hope have a close relationship with each other. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, we read, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Let's think about that. Let's let that sink in a little bit. Let's read it again. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Confident in what we hope for. Assured about what we cannot see. So when God asks us to have faith, he's really asking us to be confident in what we hope for. And to be sure, we must be very careful in what we place our hope in. And you've heard the old adage, um, be careful what you hope for. And I think that's true, but I don't, it's not true really in the way that people mean it. And let me explain what I mean. God tells us, God's word tells us what to put our hope in. And Romans 5, 1 through 5, says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Well, let me ask you something. Have any of you ever wondered, do I really have faith in God? Um, 
Well, I certainly have. And it wasn't just a real long time ago. Uh, there's something about faith that seems so binary. It's presented as an either-or situation. You either have faith in God or you don't, right? How many times have you heard that? Well, I'm not disputing that. But I think it's a little more nuanced than that, especially for some people more than others. And if we go back to Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is having confidence in those biblical views of who God is and being assured in what we cannot see with our eyes right now. Well, does that make faith a little less scary? If it's not quite so binary, but it has to do with our confidence something that God gives us. Well, there's another aspect of hope that's important, and that is that patience and perseverance builds hope. And again, going back to Romans 5, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Also, Romans 15, 4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So hope is built upon patience, perseverance, suffering, and these can, and I think they sh there should be a cost to having hope. And it's not easy, but it's what builds our faith. And of course, we cannot neglect the, that this all happens because of the love of God that pours into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And that's a very important part to remember. So hope comes from believing promises of God. Hope is defined by the sovereignty of God. Uh, some might be saying, oh boy, he's going to talk about sovereignty now. And Dave, you could come up and help me. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about sovereignty a little bit because remember when I mentioned the importance of whose promises we accept? Well, let's go back and think about that. And let's bring God's sovereignty into that conversation. So what does the phrase God is sovereign really mean? Um, I looked it up, and here's what the uh, says on the Internet, which um, Internet's always right about everything, right? <laughs> um, the word sovereign means to be in complete control of something. God is sovereign, which means he is in complete control of everything in the whole universe. Here's another definition. The sovereignty of God means that as ruler of the universe, God is free and has the right to do whatever he wants. He is not bound or limited by the dictates of his created beings. Further, he is in complete control over everything that happens here on earth. God's will is the final cause of all things. So believing in God's sovereignty really takes the pressure off us. If everything's up to God, if he's in control, if he 
controls everything that happens and according to this definition even beyond the dictates of his created beings which are us then we really shouldn't have that much to worry about we ought to just be able to live our life as he designed us so with god's sovereignty in mind here are two very important questions number one do we believe in god's sovereignty first that's do we even believe that god is that powerful that he controls everything number two do we believe god made promises to us and like i said if so if we believe those two things then all we really have to do is naturally live our lives according to that reality but 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 there's a little problem and that is much of the time we don't really believe god is sovereign because we believe we know everything and we believe we know what is best and that causes a problem and we believe and so this is how it comes to god's promises we believe we know when and how and exactly how God is going to bring about the outcome of his promises. And it came up just this past week in our Bible study, a fellow mentioned that um, they prayed for this, this, and this, and then it didn't happen. And, you know, I said, well, how do you know? I mean, what do we know? You have a very limited uh, knowledge of really what God was doing in that situation. And I think it's wrong thinking on our part when we believe that we know the outcome. You know, some, one of my pet peeves is, I'm sorry if I step on some feet, but, you know, once in a while we'll get a prayer request. Prayer, pray for the specific, you know, response that this person's blood pressure will drop to 120 over 72. And, <laughs> I mean, do we know God's will? I mean, are we able to order God exactly how we think it ought to be? I don't think so. Well, let me give an example. Uh, Let's look at healing and a scripture that deals with God's promise on that. And James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Well, now let's look at the current uh, COVID pandemic we find ourselves in. And I don't need to tell you, uh, you probably know better than I, the numbers of people who uh, have contracted it. You know, every night on the news, the very first thing is you, we hear all of that, we see it. How many have contracted it? How many have died? How many have recovered? All this. But certainly, there's been many, many people contracted, many, many people have died, many, many people are dealing with it now. Well, does that mean that God is not sovereign if we look back at the scripture in James and he really doesn't have complete control? Does it mean he didn't keep his promise to us from the aforementioned scripture? One of our relatives remarked is after the first wave of COVID that she said, I'm just done with it. And what she was really saying was she was frustrated and she was tired of the inconvenience. She's got three, four kids and all the hassle that goes with it. I don't believe she lost confidence that God is fulfilling his promises. 
But yes, we do become weary. We become tired of it. We inconvenienced. And that's just the inconvenience. What about all the suffering and death? Well, I don't know. But I do know that we continue to believe that God is sovereign. And he does keep his promises. And we need to talk about these things because we need to get our thoughts out in the open and not be afraid that we're stepping on God's toes and when we have these thoughts. And I think one of the worst responses we can give is when we try to answer for God. It just shows our ignorance. And then we lose any credibility that we might already have. Well, so now... Um, Sarah, if you want to put the photo up. Um, so this fellow, anybody know who this is? Very good. <laughs> um, this is John Brown. It's an iconic photo. It was the album cover for the first album that the band Kansas produced. And it is a mural that was painted in by Kansas artist John Stewart. And he painted it in the Kansas State Capitol building from 1937 until 1942. And the mural is 11 and a half feet tall. It's 31 feet long. And as he was painting it, it received various complaints uh, from people, different groups from Kansas that upset him, so consequently he left Kansas and he never came back, and he never came back to sign it. I think he didn't even complete it, actually. But if you're ever in Topeka, it's, a, it's definitely worth your time. I remember going there as a grade schooler and being awed by it, and then um, we are there just a few years ago with some family. Well, as Andrew correctly said, this is John Brown. And Brown was a notorious abolitionist in the time immediately preceding the Civil War. And he's regarded by many historians to be one of the leading protagonists that caused, that led to the Civil War. He roamed, uh, he's famously known for roaming through Kansas and Missouri in the late 50s with his five sons, and he had a small cadre of fighters. Basically, they were causing terror to the pro-slavery movement. They were freeing slaves here and there. They'd go pick, you know, break four or five slaves out and put them on the Underground Railroad, Harriet Tubman and all that, you know, trying to free the slaves. Well, he believed it. He was, a, first of all, he was a devout Christian. He was, he, he was a militant Christian. And most people think he was a bit off his rocker, which I think he would be if you read much history. But he believed that God called him to end slavery. And he, that he believed that from an incident in his early childhood until such time that, of his death. Well, he, um, the pinnacle of his whole life story, of his whole life work, happened in uh, Harpers Ferry, Virginia in October 1859. And he and his men had a plan. They snuck into the Federal Armory and their armament plant there at Harper's Ferry. There was also another, at that time, there was just two armory armaments, Federal armaments that were producing all these guns and cannons. The other one was somewhere in the Northeast, uh, New England somewhere. 
And he um, broke in. They were going to break into here. And they were going to steal rifles. And they were going to arm the slaves, the black slaves. And they were going to let the slaves rebel on their own and gain their freedom. That was his vision. Well, it was a colossal defeat in terms of the fight. Uh, All of his men were either killed. I mean, he only had like, I think, 20 men. And the federal uh, militia was something like, you know, at the end, it was like four or 500 troops there. But in the end, all of his men were killed or they were hung shortly afterwards. And John Brown survived the ordeal, but he was given a very quick trial and he was hung first of December of that year. And in the absolute crushing of Brown and the forces, and all his forces appeared that his whole life work was for nothing. That, but if he would have lived just another year and a half, he would have seen that his actions largely precipitated the beginning of this war because attitudes towards slavery started changing, uh, largely due to him. And if we would have lived just five more years, he would have seen that the Civil War ended in the slaves' freedom. And the point is this, that we, as Paul said, we see through a glass darkly now. We don't know when God is making good on his promises. We just know that he always does that he is sovereign, that he always stands, he always delivers. God's sovereignty does guarantee that he always makes good on his word and what he promises. You know, our life is not our own. We are his and we inherit the glorious riches that he has for us, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Well, there are so many mysteries in the Christian faith that we can't explain. And I know many people, I think this is uh, inherent in humans. We want to give an explanation based on theological principles and doctrine and what we've learned through the years. And again, it's our, we think we know everything. We, or we think we know a lot and we don't know anything. <laughs> Kay's mom, who's 101, says, I get dumber every day. And I empathize with that. The older I get, the less I know I the less I really know. But in the end, doesn't it always come back to pure and simple faith? That's the one thing that God asks us. Really, it's all he asks us to have is his faith, to believe his his word. As I mentioned, it's not that difficult. We just need to have, be confident in what promises he's made. And I think it's really necessary, maybe especially when we don't understand God always assures the believer that his promises are true and he keeps them. And the believer may not be able to explain it to someone else. Much of the time, she cannot even explain it to herself. But she knows that blessed assurance tells her so. Well, I want to end with um, a verse from Colossians, Colossians 3.3. And in part... The verse says, our life is hidden with Christ in God. And I was looking at a commentary on that. Um, A fellow named Endicott said uh, about this verse. Let me read you a a portion of his commentary. 
to the spiritual life in man is a hidden life having its source in God, the full conviction of it, as distinct from the mere instinctive consciousness of it in the mind itself, comes only from the belief that it is the image of God in us and is sustained by constant communion with him. Amen. Will you please pray with me? Lord God, we thank you again this day uh, for the blessings that you give us each and every day. We thank you, God, mostly for your promises and that you make good on your promises. I pray, Father, that you would give us the perseverance and patience uh, as we wait on you. And uh, not that we are waiting idly, but that we are waiting in expectation of the hope that you have already done, Lord, and you've completed it all. We just pray, Lord, that we would continue to be upheld by your strength. Uh, we would recognize that you are at work in all of us. We thank you, Jesus, and uh, we, we pray blessings on those who are suffering, as we've heard Andrew say, and uh, just lift up everyone to you, Lord, who stands in need of you. In your name, amen. Please stand with us in our, in our song of response in Christ alone, a statement of our faith as, as Terry said, and only in Christ.
part of our service is church family time. Um, we use it as a time to let you know what the council is doing and also just to um, kind of be together when we can in this time of COVID. Um, so we have a couple of fun things. Well, one fun thing. Um, it is Terry's birthday today. He preached on his birthday. So thank you. Thank you. Hey to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Terry, happy birthday to you. Thank you all. <laughs> um, that's what's fun about being together, so that's the best part of it. Um, the other thing I wanted to highlight, and I'm thankful that Tom is here. Um, the Vanderzeels are leaving our fellowship to move to Oregon. And normally we would have a time of blessing, a time of laying on our hands, um, a time of sending uh, for people who are, have been a part, a vital part of our church family. Um, but in COVID times, we do it with the spirit of God. And we just say, bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you and be gracious Amen. unto you. Amen. May he lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace as you go forth from our church family. Amen. And we rely on the promises of God as people come into our fellowship and as they go. Um, one thing that is constant is change. Um, but God is our constant in that change. And so we know that he goes with you and he stays with us. We have an opportunity to focus on God's promises. And that's what we're doing this Advent. And so one of the things that we'd like to do in the church family time is to give each one of us a chance to share um, the, the promises of God that have meant the most to you as you have walked with him year after year, day after day. Uh, so I just encourage you to think about it. We're not gonna do the microphone. We're gonna, we just wanna encourage each other um, with the promises of God that have um, meant the most to you. So we'll have an opportunity to do that in the coming weeks. So I'm giving you warning, you have a little homework. Was that not clear? Next week, you will have an opportunity to say something about God's promise in your life. Thank you. 
So in response to our time together, our time of worship, where we have read God's word, where we have prayed, where we have sung his praises, and as we now go and think, go out from here, when we think about the coming week, I just want you to be encouraged by the passage that Terry had talked about in Hebrews 1, and we'll expand on it a little bit. Or I'm sorry, chapter 11. I said Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. All these people were living by faith when they died. They did not see, receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. Now, people, please, people of God, please stand and receive his blessing. Also from Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and was taken and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.
Excuse me. 